0: Dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango and former blues defenseman, Jamie rivers. It is the last minute blues podcast, Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie rivers. We have been in the room for about 10 minutes with each other. Uh, just to let you know, uh, Whoa. it's about a, a stop it. It's uh, about 11 a.m. central on Monday, the day of the trade deadline and uh, these two are making me want to walk out like right now already. The ball busting is at a a, a premium today. But uh, the reason that I said that about the trade deadline, Blues at this point have not done anything as of yet. Nope, nothing
1: to report just yet. I keep uh, refreshing the old phone here. I get the flip phone open today
2: for people who like to follow it, like yourself and like yeah. myself and like Donnie. And I know we said this last time on Twitter. Who are your follows? I'll, obviously, wow. Jeremy Rutherford. I have Darren Drager. Drager is that how he said? Yeah. Luke Korak. Who else? Uh, well, as far look
1: if you're looking or for. Or give me one. Well, Jeff, I'd try, like to answer this if you'd give <laughs> you me know, Donnie, chance. You know, Johnny, the other day I was. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so locally, I would definitely say Jeremy Rutherford and Luke Korak. If you're looking for nationally, or I guess internationally, because Canada being a part of the NHL. Uh, James Duffy, Elliot Friedman, oh, Friedman, Darren Drager, Pierre LeBrun, those are your go-to's. You sure. know Bob McKenzie too, but you could also just follow TSN on Twitter, and that does a great job. Or the website, or the app. They have a trade tracker on yeah. there, and you can click on that every twenty-five, thirty minutes, and refresh it, and it'll show you everything that's going on.
2: If I am, if I am just mainly a, as far as reading about sports. Like, I'm not going to sit down and read an article about the Cardinals necessarily. Okay. Certainly not football. Certainly not basketball. But hockey, I watch other teams besides the Blues. I read up a little bit here and there uh, about other teams besides the Blues. Is the athletic worth it? Oh, man, I love it, dude. Yeah? As far as me. I know you guys have. I know you've talked about how. Listen,
0: but I enjoy the in-depth sports pieces, even on things that – kind of even might relatively interest me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so when they go super in depth on the bills, I mean, I can't get enough. I love what Jeremy Rutherford does with 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 the, the blues. Uh and then the Cardinal coverage is great. I love it, man. Okay. And it's like eleven bucks a month or something.
1: Yeah, I don't I actually don't know. It just keeps charging me and my wife fi says, why do we get this charge and this charge? I'm like, I have no idea. I've got like 27 apps. They don't even know I own. In fact, they've probably been deleted but haven't been unsubscribed. Right, so, uh, I'm actually paying my bill off with my income. Uh, he's, now, he's still paying a monthly to Periscope. <laughs> right. Yeah. That made its way back a little bit, Jeff. You never know when that's, that's going to come you back. That's true. You never know, man. That's right. never know. You
2: hang on to that bet. So book. that's worth it, huh? I think it's so, It's worth man. it for it's just, a lot just of for reasons. for hockey. Because I read Jeremy and I'm all, and then I read it to where he goes, and here's my in the athletic, I'm like, ah. yeah, I almost I, feel bad, oh, and then it like drown, yeah, it yeah, like fades, it fades yeah, away, yeah. yeah. And you're like, son of son a, of a yeah. gun! I thought I was just walking towards the light at first when it was, when it was fading away. <laughs> I like, thought wow, I was fading honey, away. How many
1: beers have I had? All no, right, Jeremy, I'm in. I'm well, I, do it. I mean, Jeremy would be in, and sorry, Donnie, just no. the athletic overall, right? What happens is it like I follow the athletic on Twitter, and they'll post what some of their biggest stories are from their various writers around the country. And sometimes, like, Emily Kaplan does a great job, uh, Michael Russo. They they have these pieces that are not, you know, not day-to-day or game-to-game reports. They're in-depth stories on different situations, players, their personal lives, all sorts of stuff. It's so a lot of evergreen stuff. That's kind of cool. It's really yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. And so if you're looking for day-to-day coverage, like, on a certain team, I don't know if the athletic is your go-to. But if you're looking for coverage on a certain aspect of your team— during a period That's of a time. One. Okay. Then like Jr. just covered the Jaden Schwartz and Mike Hoffman and kind of laid that out, you know, and gave some, some nice things there to, to – some nuggets. That's funny yeah.
2: you say that because he had a hell of a tease with his post. He was like, My latest on Jaden Schwartz and Mike Hoffman. And I'm like, You are not going to tease me into thinking Schwartz is going to be traded. So I just I click on your thing. Damn it, I clicked on his thing. Yeah, but then you couldn't read it. I uh, couldn't read it. Couldn't read That's so the let me, question, yeah. let me ask this
0: before we get into to particulars about the Blues, particulars about the trade wallet. No,
2: please don't call her ever again.
0: And I saw somebody, and I'm okay. just, gonna just going to right. keep on going. I'm just going to keep on going.
1: About 2 a.m. I,
0: I saw somebody on Twitter talk about this this morning, a hockey writer. <laughs> that he believes that the trade deadline in the NHL should be a day that there are no games.
1: Did you Were you reading about Alan Walsh? Was that who? The, the agent, the player agent. Was that who the one that posted it? Yeah, he's Marc-Andre Fleury's agent. We had Alan Walsh on the fast lane not too long ago. He's a great dude. I'm just curious about your perspective on that from a, from a player. Okay, so my perspective is, yes, it should be a day off. Having been a player that was dealt on the deadline day, And how chaotic it was and how crazy my life became in a matter of minutes. It sucks. And it really sucks for the players that are trying to mentally prepare to play a game tonight. Like, okay, go take your pregame nap. Oh, by the way, you're on a one-year deal and it expires at the end of the season. And your name's been all over the place. But go enjoy your nap. Fluff the pillows while you're at it. (laughs) Sleep well.
0: While whoever knows what's going on at home with
1: your wife and the kiddos. You wake up and today, the way things are, guys wake up and they find out they've been traded. Yeah, like it's yeah. awful, right? So I would agree I, in a normal season, I would say, yes, you you mark this day as a day off for the entire league. So if guys get traded, it still might be chaotic, but they can travel to their destination, get there and start fresh the next day. Mm-hmm. My situation, I arrived in the middle of the first period. I am and not did you,
0: joking. Did you play? Did you get lost? Yeah.
1: Or did? You- no, oh, it's a great story. You guys have never heard the story? No. Uh-huh. Do we have time for it? Yeah, hell yeah, okay. we got time, We
2: are not up against a hard break Whoa. since we don't have any sponsors. Okay. Okay, go. <laughs> it's a good point. Um, the okay. Athletic, by the way, sponsorships are available. <laughs>
1: Seriously, Athletic, get on it. Uh, so I'm in Detroit, and Mike Babcock and I are not best friends. It's well documented. Oh. And so I was supposed to play that night, and then at the last minute, he scratches me. But I know I'm not being traded because Ken Holland told me I'm not trading you. He's like, I don't care what your relationship is with Babcock, whether you guys love or hate each other. I'm not trading you because I know that I'm going to need you coming down the stretch. And in the playoffs, we're going to need a reliable veteran guy that I don't have. So I'm not trading you. I was like, okay, great. So but I still wanted to play in that game because that year, Babcock was scratching me in and out. And in it was just like a. Rubbing my nose in it, basically wanting me to do something. Well, he got his wish. Stevie uh, Iserman and I are skating extra after, like the healthy scratches.
2: You, you were know? helping Iserman, yeah. I was yeah. helping him more, Train him game. a little bit, back a
1: little <laughs> yeah. backhand action, sure, backhand
2: action, forehand,
1: whatever he needed. Actually, Mike Babcock comes out to the bench at Joe Lewis and like stares down at the group of us and like watches like as I do the drill, like that I'm doing it right. And then I get back to line, like, stairs kind of, like, at me. And I just took a puck and I fired it right into the bench. I did. Whoa. I just took a puck. Now, I could have hit him. Maybe I should have. Maybe I shouldn't have, okay? All I know is that I buzzed the tower. And it rattled around in there. Mm. <laughs> and he went back down the tunnel. And I turned to Stevie Eisman, and I said, well... That doesn't get me traded. Nothing will. <laughs> and? and so Stevie was pissed, though. He was pissed because he, he was pissed at you. Yeah, he was pissed at oh. me uh, because I put myself ahead of the team at that point. Um, but the problem was, I was on an expiring contract and Babcock had barely played me, which means I'm not even going to get a deal the following year because people are going to be like, well, he hardly played. You know, we'll give him a two way deal, offer him a minor league deal. No, no. I have, a, I have a wife, and at the time I had three kids, I had twin boys, and I'm like, So I needed to play, and I knew I could play in the NHL. So anyways, I'll make this a little shorter, get into the room. I tell the trainer, hey, he might want to gather all my stuff together. And the trainer's kind of like shaking his head. I go home. I kind of prep my wife for it, and she's like, you're an idiot. I said, you're right. Um, Then all of a sudden, it's like right up against the trade deadline, like five minutes of the trade deadline. Nothing, 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 nothing. All of a sudden, Mm. it's Ken Holland. (laughs) So I go, okay, hon, here we go. Kenny, how you doing? He's like, uh, first of all, you're an idiot. (laughs) I said, okay, you're right. He goes, second of all, he goes, I did you a favor. I just traded you. He goes, uh, you did did a good job for our organization. We loved having you. We wanted to keep you, but we obviously knew that you got to play and that this wasn't going to work out. And today was a clear indication that both sides really don't want to be around each other. So he says, I've traded you to the Arizona Coyotes, Phoenix Coyotes at the time. Um, he says, I'm not happy about this because, he says, our club just got worse today because now I have to go and try and find somebody to fill your shoes. He goes, would it would a lot easier to just hang on to you. So, anyways, at that point, I'm looking at the time, and, and I'm like, okay. So, we hang up, and he says the trainer's going to meet up with me. Then the phone rings, and it's Wayne Gretzky, who's, hey. co- who's coaching the Phoenix Coyotes. Hey, Rivs, it's Gretz. I'm like, hey, Gretz, how you doing? He's like, hey, welcome to the team, you know, this and that and the other You're going to play a lot. You're going to have some big minutes. You're going to have a chance to really earn yourself another contract. Oh, this is great, Wayne. Oh, And by the way, we play in Columbus tonight. Oh, boy. I'm like, where? In Columbus. I'm like, tonight? Yeah. I go, you're expecting me to play? Oh, yeah. I'm expecting you to be here. So I had to go in Detroit, by the way, where we live, like 45 minutes from the airport. I've got to Zoom my way. Zoom or Zoom. Either way. It was really difficult. I got to go to the school where my daughter's at, my oldest. She's in kindergarten at the time. Got to get her out of school because daddy's leaving. I've got the twin boys that are at home. I've got to pack the boys up into the truck with the wife because daddy's leaving. When are they going to see him again? They don't know, right? Because it's a trade deadline. Then i got to get all the way to the airport, find the trainer who has my equipment and my sticks, grab that, go in, get on my flight, fly into Columbus, land. Phoenix or the Arizona, Phoenix Coyotes at the time have a guy that's waiting for me. He's a police officer uh, for the team, like a security guy. And he's like, Rivers. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Do I owe this guy money? Man with a badge, yes. (laughs) And he goes, come with me. And then all of a sudden, like, more police officers are like, come with us. Like, real police officers. Like, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? We go right down. They grab my bag, like, right off the tarmac, the sticks. I get into a, like, a Lincoln town car type thing. And I get a police escort. To the rink, baby. Oh
0: my I'm not
2: kidding you. That's so great. That is some
1: baller shit right yeah, there, it boy. Is. It's baller shit. And it only happens because Wayne Gretzky is the head coach. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's not forget that. Yeah, right. So I, get, I come out of the airport. Like, there's not even a wait. Like, they're, like, pushing me through here. The cops are, like, barricaded around me. I'm like, nobody actually gives a shit who I am here. <laughs> so out we go. And right in front... I throw my bag in the car, and it's wee wee, 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 all through the city. We pull right into underneath the rink in Columbus. The first period is already underway. And so I rush into the training room. The trainer's got to grab my stuff and figure out what he has, because I've got red and white. I don't yeah. have the coyotes colors. A jersey for me, you know, all that stuff. And so the very first commercial break, uh, Gretz comes walking down the little tunnel. Is right next to the bench. He goes... Hey, you gonna be ready to go here? And I have a coffee in my hand at the time. I'm like, just having a quick stretch here, and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> so
2: you were dressed out with a cup of coffee in your hand.
1: Yeah. Well, I wasn't even
2: dressed. Oh, yet. you weren't even dressed. No, yet. Oh, because okay. the trainer was trying to get me socks and
1: gloves oh, okay. and a helmet gotcha. and you know all this crap. And so he gets me taken care of. I'm, and now I'm dressed and I'm just kind of waiting in there. Barry Smith, who's the assistant coach for Phoenix, who was my assistant coach in Detroit before Babcock got there, he comes back down the tunnel on the next TV timeout. He goes, "Are you ready?" And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. So I grabbed the helmet from uh, the trainer. I had red gloves because they didn't have gloves that fit me. So I took the red gloves and I go out and I go to sit on the bench. Gretz goes, no, 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 get out. Take a lap. You're going. So I get out on the ice. First of all, I only know one player on the team. Tyson Nash is the only guy I know on the team. Oh, my gosh. So I get out there and I'm taking a couple of hard laps. The Columbus team is dying at the same time. They're laughing so hard because they see my red gloves. They know I just got traded. I arrived in the middle of the period, and now I'm doing a couple of hot laps to try <laughs> and get ready for the game. Damn! So then I go over to the bench, start like shaking hands with guys. Nice to meet you. Nice to <laughs> right. meet. You. Nice to meet you. And I go to get off the ice again, and Barry Smith goes, No, no, you're going, and sends out my my partner was Derek Morris. He goes, so You guys are going. I played like 20 minutes of that game. Oh, my God. I got an assist in that game. I, we tied the game at the time. It was great. It was an incredible welcome. I wonder if – that's
2: an amazing story. Dude, I, have, I have other questions. Dude, and my
1: wife and kids, you know, they dropped me off, and they, they didn't know, and so I had to call them, and then we flew back to Arizona after the Columbus game. It was an absolute shit show.
2: Wow. I have so many questions. Like, first of all, would that happen today, or is yeah. everything too immediate to where you would have gotten out of your house quicker?
1: Um, no, not really, because... You know, Kenny Holland made the trade, and he—I
2: guess he did it as soon as he as soon as he could, right?
1: Well, yeah, because the deadline was like five minutes away, yeah. so and he had to call me.
2: The other question is, did they let you play with the red gloves? Because you could never see that happen in the NFL. Yeah, I was gonna you say. Yeah, I mean, I, you would get a uniform fine or something like they that.
1: They let me play with the red gloves. They were close, okay, in
2: color. like if you squinted
1: your eyes a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, work.
2: But I, if you would have walked out there with blue gloves, would the NHL have yeah, a problem with? No, they, they would have been okay. Oh, they would okay. for the one game for under the circumstances. circumstances yeah. Yeah.
1: Um I end up wearing those red gloves the rest of the season. I kid you not, because Bauer or whatever the the coyotes weren't their first priority. So all of like when I was in Detroit, I had like a, a, a stable of gloves and sticks and helmets and sure. skates are like, Hey, use our stuff. Right. Like, heck I had a deal with Bauer and Nike and I was a Shit bum, right. you know what I mean? And did you do, so, did you wear some of the
2: Nike swoosh dude, skates? Was, was that you? I was one of the first guys. That's what, in I, NHL, thought. Okay, but that's that what I thought. Okay, that was here in St. Louis. Right,
1: right, right. And Nike was you know cutting edge, kind of coming in, and I was a bit of a goofball a little bit out there, and they thought, yeah, let's throw our label on this guy. He's, uh-huh. he's a little unique. Yeah, whatever <laughs>
2: happened to Nike, they went away, I think, too, didn't We got I? rid of them in a hurry. Uh, that, you know, and you know, this is a non-hockey story, but that reminded me of the, remember when you just said that, you know, you had all the cops waiting for you, and a Lincoln Town car, and all what that stuff. What is it, rid- that one night? What's that? Oh, I thought you were talking about that one night. No. When had the cops no, 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 you. no, oh. no. We're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> How you talked about, was it Edmondson, who's in Montreal now, and they really, really, really treat their players oh, like God. first class. Did you see Luke Voigt? Anybody see Luke Voigt, who's from St. Louis, who played for the Cardinals just briefly, and he's a first baseman for, for the Yankees now? yeah. And I believe he's hurt now. Yeah. But he was a baller last year, I think, or two years he ago. Something go- like that. last this. year. Dude had a, during the, I don't know what game it was, but I think it was a national game, had a commercial for BMW. Luke wow. Voigt. <laughs> right, and it was just him driving in the BMW, Not Aaron talking, Judge. Right, just talking and stuff. And at the very end, he was like, "I'm Luke Voigt, and that's how I roll," or something like that. I was yeah. like,
1: damn, go you, buddy. John Mozaylock must have been wow. thrilled to <laughs> right. see that. Yeah. Right, right. followed up, about, just love. Followed up by Randy Rosarena <laughs> in his new Porsche. Yeah,
2: and and uh, Goldsmith, who hasn't hit a home run this year, oh, I think hey, in 26 hey, games or why- something. That
1: it's, first of all, it's been like seven games. Uh, Second of all,
2: Paul Goldschmidt is a hell of a player. Don't I, for, do I that. forgot. I got on. I, I said that in front of the wrong guy. You, well,
0: did. you said that in front of two wrong guys. We're seven games into Why the do you season. Hate the he sat a game because he had a tight back. What is? What do you He's expect? He's got a tight back. He was out there playing, wasn't he? Yesterday he played, but the day before he did not play. What's he going
2: to play every other game? Let's pay him every other game then. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I you have no idea that. who you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was of us firing
0: people, on Jeff, and Jeff going, I just don't want to fight man, people, I just don't. Donnie, he goes and
1: picks on Paul Goldschmidt. Right? <laughs> Nobody, that, would on be, that would Nobody be like saying Ryan him. O'Reilly's
0: a bum. Right. Oh, my right. right. God. Okay. All right. Let's talk about our blues. Gentlemen, the last time that we were here... If you remember correctly, uh, uh, Jamie Amy. was just pounding on the panic button. Just yep. panic, 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 like, panic, 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 He said oh, his no, favorite
2: wait. band is Panic at
0: the Blues Go. Uh, actually, actually that was I pounding? Actually, that was me. That was, oh, yeah, that, right. that was that Panic. If I remember yeah, correctly. Bit, <laughs> so now the Blues have won three games in a row. Not only that, but we are seeing the Blues team that we remember. All right? That we know can win and do damage. So... If you're Doug Armstrong, are you still trying to make a move today? Does the Thomas injury mean that Hoffman is staying?
2: Let's talk about it. I Throw th- it out there. My first thought is they do nothing because Hoffman is doing something now and that, the Thomas thing. Well, th- That's th- my thought. You know, Why would you screw up a locker room that's having some success right now and a locker room that's had some success in the past? And the one guy who hasn't do- been doing well, Hoffman, is doing well. So why screw with nature?
1: Yeah, and look, let's put things into perspective. He still has 11 goals, and he's played, what, three less games than every other player uh, for the Blues, four less games, actually, with the two, three healthy scratches and the one game at first when he had visa issues, and he's fifth in scoring on the team. It's not bad. Now, is he the guy you're putting out there to protect a one-goal lead? No, probably not. Probably not. But he does fill a void that you have without Robert Thomas. But he is expiring at the end of this season. So Doug Armstrong has to look at it and go, what is my return on investment here? One, can he fix my problem offensively? Can he be reliable enough out there so we can use this guy on a regular basis? Does he fill the shoes for Robert Thomas? How long is Robert Thomas going to be hurt? If it's five to seven days, probably not going to worry about Mike Hoffman too much at Mm -hmm. that point. Uh, So we'll see how that plays out. But the Blues, in my opinion, I really don't think they need scoring. And I know that a lot of people, even nationally, are like, well, the Blues got to pick up their Taylor Hall. They were in on that one. No, no. Look at the top six forwards. You've got Tarasenko, Shannon Schwartz, O'Reilly, Perron, and whoever the hell you want on that line. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good amount of scoring. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to your third line, where Robert Thomas was, so you had Thomas, Bozak, and uh, uh, either Zach Sanford or Sammy Blay, like you've got enough scoring there. Where I think the Blues need to look at is some depth defensively. Yeah. Because with Colton Pareko on the I'm not sure list, you literally have two high end defensemen and that's it. In Krug and and Falk. Now Marcos Scandella is great. He's an accent piece. Mm-hmm. He, he's a great guy to have on your on your roster and he's proven it. Vince Dunn, that's a question mark right now whether the Blues want to look at this as a long-term investment and re-up done for three, four, five years, or do they see him as a chip that they can move and pick up another guy that maybe brings some grit and some size to that blue line? Because the number one complaint during their seven-game
0: skid was what? I mean, they... uh they were. I mean, no. we even have talked about it a bunch. I mean, you could you could freaking goddamn throw a freaking campfire in front of Bennington, and nobody would freaking do anything.
1: So they were a little soft, yeah. right? Craig Berube even used that word several times, soft. Well, you need to figure that out. You need to have somebody that's not soft back there to help clear out things. And it's amazing how one guy back there, one player, can change the overall mentality of the entire group because it goes back to the enforcer thing from way back. When, well, how can one guy really help a team? Well, when you see a guy that's out there and he's tough as nails and he's willing to do it, you feel like, hey, a couple things. One, this guy's gonna cover my back too. And two, he can't be the only guy doing it. So if the blues get some sandpaper on the blue line, um, that could really help overall and whoever he's playing with might grow, you know, a bigger pair just because he's playing with him and he thinks, Oh, you know what? Somebody messes with me, he's gonna come over and help me at
2: least. Yeah. Two things about the blue line. Number one, your thoughts on Jake Wallman, because I wish he was about six foot four. Uh, because this is another guy that I really, really like, but he's another second baseman trying to clear people out from in front of the net, unfortunately. But I like his offensive stuff when he doesn't lose a puck at the blue line trying to get into the zone. Uh, and also, I don't know this guy's name, but Alex Ferrario talked on 101 about somebody from the defense— from Dallas, yeah, Jamie cute. Alexiak. That's it. That's it. He's six foot seven. Yeah. So you want yeah. a little, you want a little size in front of the net. Yeah, but is that gonna somebody that'd be interesting or no? You're going to have to pay
1: for that because
2: there's about six, seven, maybe eight
1: teams that are looking oh. at him as a player because uh, he's fought Ryan Reeves, Lou Cheech, Pat Maroon. He's 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 known as well for through nickname as the Big Rig. Mm. And he's six seven two fifty five. I think he's,
0: good
2: jeez. Yeah, that's that's why shot. I remembered that person, not yeah. his name, obviously. But when when Alex said that, I'm like, well, that'll clear a few people out yeah, from in front of the net. He had a highlight reel goal last night, so he can handle
1: the puck. He would fit perfectly into a St. Louis Blues lineup because he can play a puck possession game, but at the same time, he can clear out a lot out there. But what are you
2: saying? Probably un- unavailable. Or it'd be tough to get him.
1: You're going to have to pony up. Okay. Unless, of course, Doug Armstrong brings out the magic wand again and pulls off a trade where he absolutely fleeces the other GM and everybody's like, well, how did that happen? Yeah. Never know with Army.
0: All right. Well, that's it's kind of a follow-up. What What do you think you have to give up to get that guy? Um, You'd
1: have to give up some young players.
0: So would Vince Dunn be in that deal probably? I think
1: a Vince Dunn would be attractive to the Dallas Stars. I think that, uh, you know, he's a puck-moving defenseman. They have a need for that uh, on their blue line over there. They've got some young guys. Uh high skin in. They've got Klingberg. A guy like Dunn would be a nice addition to that blue line. But you'd also have to look at they're probably going to they're probably probably going to want to make you feel a little uncomfortable about the deal. And they're probably going to ask about Robert Thomas. They're probably going to ask about Jordan Cairo. They're probably going to ask I understand Alexiak doesn't get that. I get it. Can right.
2: we throw in Ty or something? <laughs> it's t- too late? It's a little too, too late Does he have any eligibility left? <laughs> I don't even know where he is right now, poor guy. Uh, but, no, I think
1: that what you do then is the negotiation. Um, the game starts at that point, and, and maybe you put together a Dunn and a you know a lower-level left winger, maybe an Austin Pagansky, maybe a Zach Sanford, maybe some of the, somebody like that. I'd hate to give up Sammy Blay because I think that he brings a lot to the table when he's on his game. Uh, you can clearly see that he's a part of the game when he's on his game. Whereas Zach Sanford, when, you know, I feel like he disappears a lot
2: more. You brought up Ryan Reeves, and I'm going to bring up something that my I may be completely, you will probably just bash the crap out of me for this. I love these. Because I'm a fan of Ryan. Become such a bad guy. I'm a fan of Ryan Reeves. I'm a fan of the way the guy plays the game. I'm a fan of when he was here. If they traded for him, I'd be happy. Yeah, me too. But I saw some video of him the other day in a game to where, and I know you're just going to destroy me, so I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. (laughs) Donnie, you got anything? Please tell me you're not <laughs> going to talk about that hit. No, not at all. Not okay. the hit. It's the after-the-fight stuff that Oh yeah, does, yeah. Where he that laughs garbage. in people's face and goes, what are you doing, and you big baby, and laugh in your face and all this other stuff. I get it. You're the heavyweight champion of the NHL. But if somebody goes to fight you to protect their player or for whatever reason... I don't know why you got to do that. I know it's a big boys game and all that kind of stuff, but it just makes me feel weird when he's like, "Ha ha ha, ha I'm bigger than you and stronger than you and I'm can a I jerk." Throw, can I
0: throw a couple things in here right quick uh, before Donnie, why stop before now? you bring sense into into the matter?
2: I, that if I do bring that, sense. Here's the thing. He's calm today. His hands are in his pockets. I, I, I it's cold in here. I
0: love that about Ryan Reeves. I think that's just part of dude's personality. Yeah, I, guess I think so. he's just an S-disturber, and that's that's what he's doing. And and he's got the he's got the smirk
2: and the ability to back it to up. back it up. I get it, but I think this with this particular fight, I think was a little bit of a fight, and then the refs came in or something, and he was looking like, "Oh, you're lucky, you big baby." That wasn't even really a fight. Come on, I, I just I just also, me the wrong way. And here is one of
0: those moments too that I honestly believe that if he were on our team, probably. This might not be the probably. same conversation
2: to have. I, I would imagine yeah. so, but let's let Dad do Yeah, up. yeah. Go
0: ahead. <laughs> so a couple things with this.
1: Ryan Reeves has earned the right to, um, to do whatever he wants, I guess, during, before, or after a fight. Uh, when you're one of the toughest players in the NHL, probably top three uh, on any given day, there's some guys that could certainly give him a go around. Lucic is still a guy that I wouldn't pet the cat the wrong way with him because he could cave in the side of your head in a heartbeat. Uh, but they don't play each other this year, so that's going to make it difficult. Ryan Reeves doesn't really have a uh, a rival in this division this year, so it's kind of like he's running around like the great white shark amongst, you know, tuna, basically. right? And so, but I am with you on this, Jeff. I don't like the theatrics, okay? I don't. Uh, I think that, look, when I came in the league, he didn't do that. If you did that stuff, the very next shift, somebody got you. Some way, somehow, because you're showing up your opponent, right? And, like, Ty Domi was the very first one to start it when he fought Probert and they had, like, a draw. And then Domi gave, the like, the belt. Like, I just won the belt, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And the next time they played, Probert beat the wheels off him. (laughs) And so it kind of started there. And guys have been a little more, you know, WWE-ish at Mm -hmm. times. For me, and call me old school, call me the get-off-my-lawn guy, I'm not about the theatrics. I'm about the, if you mean what you're doing and it's just business, just handle it. You know, because with Revo, as as tough as he is and as much as he's earned the right to do that, he knows as well as anybody else, he's one punch away from getting buckled. Right. Think about that for a second, right? If if somebody just gets a lucky punch and buckles them, now what? You know, so sometimes you have to be very careful in in what you do. And the public perception is everything, I do think that there is a me- happy medium in there somewhere yeah. to where he can have a little bit of celebration, a little bit of fun with the crowd and your teammates. I think it's gone a little too far. And the only reason I think it's gone a little too far is because he doesn't have to answer the bell as much. Right. If that he guy, if he hmm. consistently had a Tony Twist or a Milan Lucic or Tom Wilson in his division all the time, I think the theatrics would come down a little bit. So, and, and this I think, is- I don't know. Neither you might listen to the podcast and g- go screw yourself. But one way or the other,
0: <laughs> this year, next year, this also sets Ryan Reeves up to have people take runs at him when they have the opportunity to. Oh, yeah. Right. But I mean, the
1: problem is, is there's not a lot of young guys coming in now knocking at the door. A lot of the young guys coming in are more of the uh, like middleweight, light, heavyweight because they're players. Right. You know, not that Ryan Reeves isn't a player, he's done an incredible job of evolving Agreed. into a player. But like Tom Wilson is a, a direct competitor of Ryan Reeves. Tom Wilson scores 20-plus goals a year. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, four shorthanded goals this year. Like, Why would you line up and say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice five minutes for Ryan Reeves, who plays eight to ten minutes a game, which, again, this is not a shot at Ryan Reeves. Yeah, no. It's me trying to paint the picture of how the game doesn't have those guys anymore, the, the, the knuckle-draggers down in the minors that can't wait to get their shot so they can knock in. Ryan Reeves' front teeth. Sure. Like, those guys used to be foaming at the mouth, standing at the friggin' door, waiting to get out there and fight Bob Probert. Imagine how stupid that was. <laughs> Ooh, man. But they did, and they were killers. Yeah. The league, the American League now has a 10-fight maximum. If you get in 10 fights in a season, you get suspended for an amount of time. Junior hockey is three fights in a season, and you're out for, like, five games. Wow. So where is that guy going to come from? Right. right. He's not. Wow.
0: Okay, I want to ask you a question about the NHL trade deadline real quick. A player that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, Taylor Hall does get moved. Uh, he goes to Boston. Thank God. Now, now here's the thing. I think that we all kind of in this room, we we you know, the idea of having someone like that on the roster appears that it would be a great idea, but Taylor Hall doesn't have an exemplary track record at this point from what we understand. However, the way that I look at this at this point, Boston seems like the perfect type of place for him to go because i would think that that would be a lineup that would not handle any sort of lollygagging or you know what i mean like they are going to it, 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 like the blues i would feel like boston kind of has a um a way that they do things a, a, a bruins way that either taylor hall is going to have to do and be successful or he's going to be out of there and playing somewhere else next year
1: well they used to Okay. You know, it's not quite the same anymore. Okay. Uh, Big number 17 is now in Calgary, Lou and he's a guy who held a lot of people accountable. And another guy uh, used to wear 33 Mm. and block out the sun. Young guy. Young guy. Rookie. Young guy. Rookie guy. What is he,
2: honestly? What is he, like 41, 42? He's 43 now, I think.
1: And that's Dano Chara for our listeners who are trying to figure out the mystery man here. Uh, And Big Z ran a tight ship as a captain. And he held guys accountable. And Patrice Bergeron, who's a little more quiet, he had the ability of backing up Z in the locker room. And and Marshawn felt how about that? Brad Marshawn used to be like a Sean Avery type player, and then under Patrice Bergeron and Zidane Chara, he turned into one of the best players in the league. Well, he still has right. his moments. Don't get me wrong. I hate okay? him. I don't. There's no pushback here at yeah, all. Yeah, okay? no. But he's fantastic. <laughs> But he's turned into a heck of a player,, yeah, man. and he's turned into somebody who's been somewhat under control, but now you know like with big Z gone but Bergeron's there what's Bergeron going to do Turn and tell hall hey, pick it up like
2: right it's, it's not his deal.
1: deal it's not really his de- so it's it's going to be interesting. Boston gave up very little in this to to acquire Taylor Hall, and we'll see how
2: they use him interesting, and you said thank goodness, yeah. And I, I know that you've been on this opinion of him not coming here, Hall be, coming here. Give us the reason why. Is it just because it's another Mike Hoffman kind of situation?
1: Um, I hate to do that to Mike Hoffman, okay? Because
2: we're just painting him with a brush right well, now. Well, I just mean not a good fit, is all I really mean. There's nothing yeah. personally or professionally. No, no, no. There. I know.
1: I, but I do think that Mike Hoffman, had he came here at a younger age, would have evolved into a different kind of player. Um, you know, we're, we're basically asking the world from him in one season, right. which is only 56 games, by the way. So I do see a difference there. Taylor Hall, to me, has just never played for a team that's had anything on the line. In New Jersey, he got a brief playoff experience, but if you look at the rest of it, he was in Edmonton, where they were horrible for so many years. Then he went to Arizona, where you know it was all about point night for him, play with the Devils for a short period of time. Now he's with the Sabres, and they we know how they're doing. He's got two goals or three goals this year, all season you're that good even by accident you should be scoring a lot more than that yeah so i just don't see him as a guy that would help your hockey club i see him as a guy that's in a contract year and he's going to want to personally do really well but if he leads the team in scoring from the time that he's here but the team gets eliminated in the first round i think he's okay
2: with that and uh, speaking of personally stuff and speaking of hoffman you guys saw the post game zoom with hoffman the other day I yes. didn't see the post-game Zoom, but okay. I saw his post-game interview. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And it just seemed like to me that he was very, very generic, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. And He we did not want... look happy, dude. Yeah, and it just didn't seem... And my question to you is, do the teammates see that? And if they do, do they care?
0: And do we read too much into that as fans? Which I could probably answer that with, yes, we probably do. Oh,
2: it's
1: just like anything else, right? Like, Mike Hoffman is a big name that came here. So in any industry... You've got somebody who's one of the leaders in your industry as far as, you know, in in the radio industry, be like some big time.
2: Like me or something. Be like Jeff Burton. Right. You know,
1: coming into your building and then Jeff Burton underperforms and, you know, then he gets laid off for a little bit.
2: Well, that does happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tommy, don't listen. Um, No, but my point is, is this, is the players know what's going on. They're not stupid. They don't stick their head in the sand. They know that he's pissed. They know that it's awkward. That a goal scorer like that is not in the lineup. Then he comes back and pumps in two goals, which they desperately needed. It creates a bit of a mm, so-so. And then he's, you know, he's uh, he's refuting what Craig Berube said. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, I did all. not. I don't know what refuting means, so I didn't. Okay, refuting means that he's disagreeing or saying that it didn't happen. Mm, and gotcha. so Craig Berube talked about in his post game that. He had talked to Mike Hoffman prior to the game and this and that, and then, so he was asked about it after. He goes, I, I didn't talk to anybody. He goes, I didn't even know I was in the lineup until the very last minute. And so
2: there's some oh, tension. Oh,
1: boy. There's some tension there right now. But I've also seen tension that can turn into something really great in right. my career. Yeah, so, at this
2: point it's on, on the player to go, okay, i got to do Well, it's on the this. coach,
1: too. It's on the coach, too, because if the coach is saying things that aren't true— Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, going back a, to that. There's yeah. a trust thing here, right? And Craig Berube has done an incredible job of trusting his players and earning the trust of his players. And I'm personally not saying that Craig Berube did not talk to him. I don't know. Right, No. right. All I'm do- basing my thought on is, is what is Hoffman that, said. Mike Hoffman basically said – he actually said no and never talked to me. So that's between those two, all right? But whoever's – Closer to the truth in that one, the other side has to be very careful. Because if you don't have the trust of the team or of the coach, then things can go sideways. So we'll see. We'll see what happens ultimately here. I do think Mike Hoffman possesses the necessary skills to give the Blues an extra punch. Let's be honest, without him the other night, did the Blues win that game? Yeah. You know, he he has two one-timers, one that's a beauty, and then the second one, he, he shoots the puck so fast and so hard, it comes up, it, it jumps off that stick so much. Hits the goalie, hits the defense in the net. Without Mike Hoffman, Ryan O'Reilly can't go bar down with his back end in overtime. So I think everybody has to sit back and evaluate that and go, okay, let's start making piles of good and bad, pros and cons, and, and kind of work our way through there. See what side adds up to be the most, and then figure out what you have to work on.
0: I think I just got really nervous.
2: Okay, so he, you know what? I don't know why, but <laughs> I, I, got, I, got ner- I got nervous. This is what we do right, right. now. You tell me your thoughts because, again, we're recording this before the deadline right. comes yep. and goes. Your thoughts, honestly, do you think the Blues will do anything big, small, and different? nothing? I, I could see them making a minor deal. Fingers crossed. So here,
1: I'm going to give you my fan perspective first. Yeah, I want them to make a big move and get a guy like Alexiak or Josh Manson. From the Anaheim Ducks. That would be fantastic. Now, the the hockey guy in me says that... No, the
0: hockey guy's going to be less fun. Yeah, Yeah. He always is,
1: trust me. Um, (laughs) Is that Army's got to be very careful that people aren't out there trying to fleece him too. They're looking at his lineup too. They know where he's at in the standings. They know what the Blues need. And, you know, what may have to happen is that Army may have to go through a third party. And what I mean by that is he makes a trade with... Team X and then Team X makes a trade with Team Y and then Army picks up the player that Team Y traded to Team X. Army goes and makes that trade so that Team Y, if you're following at home right now, Team Y doesn't know that they're actually trading a player to Army.
0: That's I was just going to ask that if Team X and Team Y know that... Army is yeah, it's kind of like the Jerry Springer show,
2: mm.
1: you
0: know. Jerry,
1: Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Well, Jerry,
0: I'm really a man. What?
2: You don't know me. <laughs> That's it's it's
0: it, what what in, in, kind of in closing here, real quick, or or however we're doing this. What exactly? Was there one piece that kind of made everything click three games ago, or was it the Pareco situation? What was it? Because, again, like we talked about at the at the get-go, dude, this is the team we remember. This is the team we expected.
2: Man, you were just validating everything Hockey Dad over here has been saying this whole time. We're not healthy. Wait till everybody gets back. Wait. Then everything's going to be okay. Whoa!
0: Whoa! Up until last week, I was the, I was saying that. Last well, you, week was the panic. Yes. I started to hit the panic yeah, button. Yeah, you're, 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 you're hockey You're jumping up
2: and down on it. Well, I you was a, a little alarmed,
0: hammer. guys. Things were a little ugly. You were watching what I was watching. Look, but but you know thing, what I'm
2: saying. Every, he's been saying it. Okay, Donnie, you said it too. Yeah. We just wait until we get healthy. And all of a sudden, that fir- that first game of this winning streak, all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's the 91 I've seen before.
1: Yeah, and look, guys are starting to get into game shape. You know, Jaden Schwartz looks a whole lot better. Vladimir Tarasenko looks better. Colton Pareko looks like he's moving around better. All of these things. And to your point, you asked me earlier. I never got a chance to answer it. Jake Wallman. Oh shoot. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. this guy is Jerk. this guy's a great find for the Blues. Isn't he's been he? the Miners for like four years. Yeah,
2: grew up through the Blues, yeah. Or?
1: And he's just never ever kind of been able to put it all together. To have his skating, his his puck moving, his, all that stuff, shots
2: getting on net, except for like one I think recently got got blocked, and they actually said, "Wow, one of his shots got blocked." He moves so
1: well. Uh, we had Chief on Fast Lane last week, uh, Cardinal home opener, and you know he was just saying he skates so well, covers a lot of ice, closes out guys. He's a really good partner for Colton Pareko right now. Uh, he's a great find, and yeah, he's not six foot four, but you don't need that, right? You don't need a bunch of guys like that. However, to your point about that is you you could use one, one more, you know, because Colton Pareko, a couple things, one, he's got the sore back. Well, we think it's a sore back. He's got a sore, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's not the most vicious guy out there. Right. He should be. If I was that size, I'd have balls the size of church bells. Right. Um, (laughs) but he does not play that way and that's fine. uh, But you need somebody back there to do it. Right. And, uh, Wallman's not gonna be the guy, Krug's not gonna be the guy. Justin Falk likes to lay a guy out from time to time, but he plays too much. Yeah. If you have Justin Falk with five, six, seven hits a game,
2: dude, he's gonna he's gonna break. If you watch Justin Falk next time he goes in to hit somebody, just like a you know a good push in the corner or something like that, you know when he's gonna go through because you see his skates just go whoop. He just widens out his skates a little bit to get that base, and then just kaboom! I yeah. see it happen he every hits single hurt. time. Is yeah, what that's I, what I mean. like, you know, yeah. I
1: always hate when guys just hit to hit. Yeah, and I never did that in my career. I didn't just go and let you know bump, bump into somebody every time I hit them. And I know that sounds terrible. I wanted to hurt him. I wanted to put him out of the game, and not with a shot to the head, not with you know some cheap shot that would happen from time to time, um, but just a solid shoulder check or even a good hip check where. You, you, why would you hit a guy if you're not trying to send some kind of a physical message? Well, and and,
2: and that's not vicious and unruly or anything,
1: because the other guy... Sounds bad, though, no, now. now. In guys, society, they're like, oh my god.
2: But back then, the other guys were trying
1: to do that to you, oh, too. Oh, they were trying to kill me. Yeah. Trust me, Jeff. The, more people in a game tried to take my head off. And it's because I played that way and they tried to get me back, and so it was. Look, it's an eye for an eye. Out yeah, there. that's why it's not. Unruly. Sometimes literally. <laughs> hey, I want to
0: ask a Robert Thomas question, and, and this is not a Matchbox Twenty. I'm not. I'm just a little unwill. I, oh, right. played- I played that. I played that. Sorry, sorry, done. God. No, okay, did, but so did, that just happened. Oh yeah, it did because I played it today. Oh, okay. um, uh, so, uh, uh, oh, crap. Robert Thomas at this point in his career, and I am not saying that this is his fault because clearly the injuries that he has had oh, are he not hates Robert Thomas. Are yeah, not- no, no. He wants to trade him. No, I don't want to trade him, but is he developing is an injury-prone reputation?
2: So, therefore, you
0: want to trade him. No, I don't. He, I still I love him to, to death. You player. guys are freaking Are you not jerks. even a fan of Matchbox 20? You're, well, I'm not a fan of Matchbox 20, but I do like this oh, particular so Rob Thomas. It makes sense. Wait, no. I don't like the singer... Listen, you guys are jerk offs. <laughs> I'm just asking: Is he developing a reputation for being a guy that is injury prone? Even though the injuries in which that he has sustained that I can remember are ones where he just got blasted. he just much. been a Gin Blossoms
2: guy instead of Matchbox Twenty. Don't that like Gin Blossoms now. either. Hmm.
0: No, no, I'm a Toad the Wet Sprocket guy. If we're in that, if we're in that really? vein, did you I see I love they just announced a tour? I no, I did fine. not. Yes, Novi. they did. Yeah, they dude, just announced a tour. You're just trying to pick a fight now, Rivs. That's that's all you're trying Tom to. He's a great guy, dude. He might be a great guy. He is all right, but he tried to move the. big Bills to Toronto, so he can go F himself, and also that hair is terrible. Class. So, Robert Wha- Thomas, <laughs> dude, I will walk out of this podcast <laughs> right goddamn Wait, now.
1: which part of what I said makes you walk out?
0: Well, you, when you talked about giving Buffalo or giving the Bills some class by moving him to Toronto.
1: All right, Jeff, jerk. write that down so we know. When we've had it with him, we just say that, okay? Yeah.
0: Buffalo's the Toronto of the South. Like it's easy for you jerk offs (laughs) to get me rattled. Like it's easy. My God, that's like
2: shooting fish in a barrel. You stood up and just spun around. Is that the signal of an end of a podcast? I want to know Robert Thomas' Thomas question first. We're up against a hard break, so hurry up. Okay.
1: All right. So, Robert Thomas, he's had uh, quite a few injuries so far. Is it like that he's injury prone? Yeah, I think teams will tread lightly a little bit there. I think they'd like to see him play a full season without injury. Um, and the injuries he's had are kind of wacky and weird, and they've happened in crazy ways. He's going to have to learn to protect himself a little better. Like the injury the other night, you know, he turns his back on the to the guy. It's a bad hit. I'm not blaming Robert Thomas, but I've always said to any kid I've coached and any kid I've played with or a teammate, don't put yourself in a crappy position. You know, you're trusting that guy to be smart. Let me tell you. A lot of guys aren't smart, right? <laughs> and especially when you're playing a bunch of guys that are fighting for jobs. Like at that point of the game, all the all the guys who are bubble players are out playing a lot because they back to back game and the coach is resting his good guys. So you they're trying to make an impression. Don't put yourself in that spot. Don't turn your back when you're in the middle of the ice and you get head first into the boards. Don't do that. Just put the puck in deep. Live to fight another
0: day, man. Right. right. Boy, that's a guy that that I, boy. I would just like to see him healthy. All right, so here we go. As of uh, whatever time it is now, eleven fifty one. The Blues have not made a deal. What was your
1: surprise for me, by the way? The other day I, you came I, in, I know. And you I were left a, I left him a big surprise. Yeah, I left him at home, and I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring him on Thursday. Where was that? Oh, you, he purposely walked into my office, and he's
2: like, "I have a
0: huge surprise, mm-hmm. and it's awesome." I can't wait. So when are we going to get that Thursday? On Thursday, I just forgot today, man. I forgot. I was trying to get everybody out of the house this morning. So
2: I. I'm so he sorry. wasn't thinking of you this morning. I was not. No, I wasn't. He was when he said I was trying to make surprise. sure my
0: son was wearing pants as we left. So no, I absolutely Slightly was more not.
2: important.
0: Yeah, uh, he 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 just he really believes that, that pants really are just tying the world down. They you are. You know what I
2: mean? Unless things have changed <laughs> from when I was in school, they do appreciate you wearing pants.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely so.
2: I
1: used to do this trick at the bar all the time. Oh, okay? God. It's this is okay. It's safe for. for is this the one with the
2: lemons that you used to do. Uh, no, that
1: was a different. That was on Thursdays, not right. Fridays. Now, I would when the winter time came, you know, you go out to the bar after the game and you got your overcoat, which is usually something kind of stylish, you know, mm-hmm. three quarter length, you know, trying to jazz it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'd get a few beers and me, get a little buzz going, and I'd look over at a teammate. Usually, it was Noodles or or Soupy, Jim Campbell or Jamie McClennan, and I go, "All right, I'm going to the bathroom. It's time." I'm like, "Okay."
2: You know? No, he's you know you don't.
1: And so I go to the bathroom, take my pants off, mm-hmm. and I leave them in the bathroom. And then come walking back out with, you know, the dress socks, the dress shoes, and then the trench coat and no pants. It looks like, you know, got no pants on. Right. And then we start the clock. See how long it takes before somebody notices. Notices that you don't have pants on, or
2: there's wayward pants in the bathroom. Sometimes
1: I put the pants behind the bar, depending on oh, okay. where
2: we're at. I um, mean, I'm just saying, if I walked into a public restroom and there's a pair of pants there, I might say something, something.
1: Yeah, no, it's the funny part was usually disrobing in there, and people are like, "What? The? What
0: is going?" And I'm on? like,
1: oh, "It's hot out there, you know." And just take the pants and either hang them up or give them to one of the waitresses, or the bartender that are in the bathroom with you. There, yeah. Yeah, it's all about community help. Sure. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, you'd start the clock and see how long it took somebody to notice that you weren't wearing pants. And then once they did, how long it took for somebody to actually come up and like check it out or see if it was like actually real. The game within the game, guys. Oh it was my gosh.
2: So what's what timing was it normally? Like what's...
1: Usually, depending on the bar, like depending how packed it was, um, if it was really packed, it took a long time, like 10, 15 minutes. And then people would get closer and kind of like, And then, of course, you know, girls would start to giggle. and I'd be like, what? You want to see what's underneath? (laughs) No, I didn't do that, Donnie. I didn't do that. Yes, you did. No, No, I didn't do that. that. um, (laughs) But, yeah, 10, 15 minutes would be a long time. Sometimes, like, right away. As soon as you come walking, they'll be like, hey, where's your pants? Right. I'm like, what? I don't have any. And just keep walking.
0: Listen, here's one thing if I could just ask you both. (laughs) Please do not tell my son about this, about this contest. (laughs) Don't tell Dexter about this because – he will try to figure out a way to do this, and I just, you know what? I, I'm tired. On, okay,
2: let the, let
1: the boy just, have some fun. <laughs> just Donnie, make it easy. Just buy him a trench coat and tell him to go to school in it. People oh, love it.
2: Oh God, last I minute! <laughs> I can have a couple extra trench coats I can give him if they if they come back from Jeff, the cleaners. Take, okay. it, take it off the person in the trunk. <laughs> I'm I just I'm so ready
0: for this to be done. Last minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Listen, share this podcast with your friends. You want to send us an email? Do that as well. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. As always, let's go blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors,
2: we're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season.
1: You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga.